Welcome to Run Your Mouth. I'm your host, David Melly. This week we have two longtime friends of the podcast on, Nikki Hiltz and Dana Giordano, calling in from their training camp in Park City, Utah. Because we recorded remotely, the audio may be a little off balance in moments, but we did the best we could. Uh, we talked about Pride Month and current events, what it means to be a gay runner in 2020, and the balance between public image and personal lives for pro athletes. We also talked to about Nikki and her teammates' efforts to put on a virtual Pride 5K this coming weekend, which has raised, I think, over $20,000 for the Trevor Project, which is a charity organization that provides suicide prevention services to LGBTQ youth. It was a great and wide-ranging conversation. I think you'll really enjoy it. Listen, subscribe, follow, do all that stuff, and until next time, this has been Run Your Mouth. good yeah we're good. good awesome Dave, um Dave and i were just talking about um <laughs> if being gay was a choice uh it, like clearly it's not a choice obviously but if it was honestly i would choose to be gay <laughs> and dana was telling me how she she used to take am i gay quizzes <laughs> and it's like <laughs> no Damn, I, <laughs> I was just i will say I worry that we're going to get into, like, problematic territory right off the bat, but, like... <laughs> we, we, this is, uh, we can cut that. That doesn't have to be in there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll go on the record. I don't care. I think uh, if I had a choice, I would be bisexual. Like, mm, that's I, I, I kind of feel like yeah. it's, like, everyone should be bisexual, you know? It's, like, if, like, everyone's just into everyone, then you can just pick, like, a very rad person. Um, and, and I guess like being, I, I think that's what being pansexual is though that like yeah pansexual I guess I, I should be gender inclusive and, and not subscribe to a binary but like yeah it's like I feel like that's that's what we all should aspire to is like if you're like isn't that what in Rome they have all those depictions of in the brothels of just like men and women women and men women and women like it, it's the gender binary is kind of like a 19th to 21st century phenomena versus before that gender was a little bit more fluid and i don't know the history on this but there is something where it's like basically i think it's in the the, like 1400s or something there was like one totally asshole pope who like no one really cared about the um like gay being gay as a sin like part of the bible like that was just like something that people didn't really pay attention to and then, like one per one guy, just like brought it back because like he really cared about it. Mm. Oh, they changed it. Yeah, that is some tricky territory. <laughs> the yeah. Bible. Yeah. Well, yeah, so, we don't have to wait into that. Right after that. All no, right. I'm. I'm come back to my question on your podcast. <laughs> wait, 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 hold on. We need to do the intro again because this is take for for the listeners who will not have heard anything else. This is take two. Um, welcome to Run Your Mouth. Uh, long run, talk for luck long talking runners uh this is uh a, a a bit of a chaotic start but we're, we're in a good spot now um with nikki hiltz and dana giordano who are uh currently at altitude in park city utah how's it going ladies it's going great david how are you <laughs> i'm doing a lot better now than about five minutes ago when we were messing all of our audio up chaos <laughs> that's pretty on brand for this week though this week it's been yeah. honestly yeah and that's uh, uh, that was actually one thing I was gonna ask you guys. So um, I was, there's a little game called uh, Good Week, Bad Week. So very simple. Um, one good thing that happened to you this week, and one bad thing that happened to you this week. And it doesn't have to, I guess, happen to you, but it could be like macro level, like good things that happened in the world. Mm. Oh wow. wow. I think if it's about me, it'd be easier, but that's yeah. a little vain. Either way, whatever, whatever you're, whatever you, however you want to interpret it. I mean, if we're talking about bad week in the world, I think we could get on another topic. So I'm just going to focus on A lot on of stuff topic. going on. I'm just going to be really shallow and go with myself. <laughs> that sounds good. Good thing that happened to you this week, bad thing that happened to you this I'll week. I'll do both. I'll do both. I'll do me and the world. Um, good thing, this is Dana. Good thing that happened to me this week was 
Nikki and squad arriving to Utah. Bad thing that happened this week was, you know, just a couple bumps in the road of figuring out where to run, what to do, but, you know, it's just settling in. And then good thing for the world, the Supreme Court really coming through with that DACA um, passing that. And then bad thing is that people have forgotten that COVID exists and it's a little scary. Don't even get me started yeah, there's no COVID in Utah. There's no, apparently no pandemic here. There never was. I literally, well, there totally was in Boston, and yet I literally ran by the track in Brookline yesterday, and there was like a full rugby game happening of oh, like yeah. no masks, everyone touching the ball. I was like, really, guys? Everyone touching the ball. Yeah, the uh, pandemic, um, it's really interesting here because it's such an outdoor place. And but it's not required to wear a mask unless the institution itself requires it. So like the state isn't saying you have to wear a mask in a grocery store, but there's a different vibe in every grocery store you go into. Like some grocery stores, everyone wears a mask, and other ones, no one wears a mask. Yeah, that's so strange. It's very jarring coming from San Diego, and I'm sure Boston. Yeah, I was like really pleasantly surprised when like we would go to the protests, and like there was like close to 100% mask compliance. Like, unless someone was speaking, like, everybody was wearing masks. And, wow. like, people were doing, yeah. you know, kind of hard in large crowds, but, like, we're, we're at least making a solid effort to be, like, socially distant and stuff. And people are, like, handing out hand sanitizer and everything. Like, I I was really nervous about that with, like, some of the protests. And, and, and I think people, generally speaking, did a really good job. I wonder if in the future... For protesting purposes, even if there wasn't a pandemic, if like wearing masks would be the norm, just like if we're going to be so jarred and being large groups of people like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, that's the thing is like, like people say like, ma- like mask use is way like way more common in like a lot of Asian countries, but it's just a, a general public health thing, not a like pandemic thing. So it's our new normal. Go figure. New normal, baby. Get a cute mask, everyone. Take a drink. <laughs> yeah, we're in new normal. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Nikki, what was something good to happen to you this week? Oh, goodness. Um, I feel like everyone that is receiving their shirts for the Pride 5K has just been really cool to see, and everyone's posting about it. It's just really awesome that um, we finessed it in a way to actually get them sent to people. So we were nervous that our <laughs> shipping methods was not going to work and we were going to get like 2000 shirts sent back, but, um, glad more people have successfully gotten their shirts than have it. So that's definitely, yeah, a that's thing. a good sign. I'm wearing um, mine right now. It is uh, very comfy and, uh, yes. very, very cool. Um, and then I guess a bad thing. Dana and I went to the track <laughs> on Tuesday in Salt Lake, Salt Lake and uh, we get there and we're like, wow, like a track. This is like a whole new territory. <laughs> and one of those bar we're things dumb. was up, like we're literally dumb. like blocking lanes one through three. So we're like, this is fine. We can do math, right? Just do your workout no. in lane four. No, we can't we do can't math. Do. <laughs> I had to run a K and I think I ran like a K in 200 meters or something. We thought <laughs> so much about it too, of how to calculate it out. Then we had it down and then Nikki started the wrong line. And I, <laughs> I didn't tell this. And I did, did you do like the, the opposite math where you like add a distance instead of subtracting it? Yeah, it's fine though. It's um, fine. And then we tried to do a tempo <laughs> yeah, on tempo like a mountain. was a shit show. But um, but the heart rate was over one night. We feel like 25 minutes. So we're good. Oh my God. I've been doing, I've been trying to, because I am post one marathon buildup and pre another marathon buildup, I've been trying to do like some fast twitch stuff so I don't like lose all of my foot speed. Um, And now I've swung the other direction where I did a workout on Tuesday where like the 200s felt fine. And then I did literally eight minutes of tempo and I was like, this is the hardest thing that's ever happened. <laughs> so yeah, catch me, catch me making my... 800 debut any day of the oh is that um how do you feel that all the marathons are being canceled david um i mean not great i was gonna do chicago chicago technically hasn't been canceled yet but all indications point to it being canceled um i'm probably gonna do a 
build up regardless of whether I have a race to build up to just because like I think I need to get my body more used to marathon training more than anything else but yeah it's kind of a bummer I did that like virtual race series in the spring and that was a lot of fun um but it's not the same I did that yeah how have you guys felt about the lack of season I guess honestly I'm here for it I feel like I was very stressed at the start when I was stressed when things weren't canceled yeah same and then as soon as they got canceled it was like this huge relief and like um no I definitely have turned like a switch off and I feel like but it and it's a good thing um just kind of focusing on training um and then I think eventually I'll be like okay I need I'm I think I'm hoping it'll all come at the right time like I will get that competitive itch right when there's racing again but honestly right now like I still not like itching the race yeah you know I I totally agree I feel like it's been Nikki and I are talking about this like when it it seemed pretty unequal because every state had different lockdown it was really stressful like when some people had access and other people didn't and that was caused me a lot of anxiety but as soon as the Olympic trials were moved I feel like I was totally fine to just reset and almost consider it like a red shirt season yeah and then just be okay with it and it's like oh okay I can't race this year but I'm still gonna train you know yeah I don't want I don't want to put you guys on a blast for any uh, controversial opinions but uh how do you how do you feel about sort of like like some you know music city and everything races are coming back but but qualifying doesn't open back up until December do you guys have have strong opinions about that or yeah I I I don't have necessarily strong opinions I mean I think everyone has to consider their own health above all else so I think the races that are doing the work to put get put on or require COVID testing and trying to stay within the law and the boundaries I think it's just more you have to think about like is it worth it to you so Mm -hmm. I don't like if there's a race in Massachusetts, I'd consider it. But if there's a race in Tennessee where I have to stay in a hotel for a week and it would just get really complex, maybe not. But I think every week we've seen it, it's just become really, really different. Um, so maybe in a month it'd be fine. Maybe not. It's hard to tell. Yeah. I think the getting on the plane is the, the hard barrier that you have to, okay, do I get on a plane or not? Is it worth it? Like you were saying. Yeah. Like on a plane yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dana made that choice. And, it wasn't worth it. <laughs> it was <laughs> well, honestly, in Boston, I was like really struggling with running with a mask on, and it's a legal requirement yeah. to have a mask if you're within six mm. feet of another person. Right. And I'm asthmatic. I, I will say, uh, you know, credit where credit is due. Uh, this should go without saying, but like, uh, I, I think um, a lot of folks. Uh, feel the pressure to race from like a contract perspective so it's nice to know that uh you guys both uh adidas athletes uh aren't feeling like you have to to force anything just to you know fulfill an arbitrary you know obligation like our ages like i i feel a lot for older athletes and yeah athletes who like I'm part of an organization, so I, I have a lot of empathy towards athletes who was like, "Oh, this was going to be my last year." Yeah. That's I can't imagine that emotional like turmoil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, poor like you know anyone who is you know kind of r- rigging it out to the last, especially you know shorter distance people. I, I mean, right. this distance events. There's always a kind of a longer career, but. Yeah, like uh, I was actually, well, I was thinking this kind of goes back to the, the you know, the theme, but um, Karan Clement um, uh, was was in the news today because he, he sort of talked publicly about coming out and everything. Um, mm-hmm. And and he was like, he's one of those people where he's like still going and, and he's been, you know, <laughs> like I think he first went to the Olympics in like 2004 or something like that. And it's like, geez, that guy is like, he's probably like really like one more year like are you sure you know Um, I have a hilarious story about him where I'm an idiot and didn't know who he was and at USA's last year we were they have all these like ice baths that you can use and I was sitting in the ice bath being like what event do you do oh gosh (laughs) and then I realized how much I 
disliked myself after that moment. He was, he was wearing his Olympic gold medal oh, in I'm the just, like, stuff. <laughs> You know, you Love know, that. I loved that for me. And <laughs> we, we bonded after that fact. It took a moment, but. And, and I will say, I, I was, I was, this will, this will be a good segue because I was about to ask Nikki about obviously the biggest racing event of the season, but um, obviously, you know, with, with Karan coming out or, or sort of, he, he said something really interesting and I'd be interested to know how you guys feel about this, where, um, you know, he, he said in his GQ interview, he was like, I'm not coming out, I'm telling my story, which is an interesting kind of reframing of that narrative and, and I think one of the things you know I, I, I feel comfortable saying this like there has he's he's one of those people where sort of people have known for a while but he just hasn't talked publicly about it because he's a he's a pretty private guy and and yeah. obviously you know people have been really respectful about you know not outing anybody who doesn't want to be outed but but there is sort of a there's an interesting level to that narrative of like you know, athletes aren't obligated to sh- share their whole lives with the world, but there's also a, a value to that as well. And, and I think for him, like, it's interesting to be such a public figure and, and to, you know, probably be living your life as, you know, an out gay or queer person for yeah. well longer than you've sort of lived your public life that way. Um, and, and kind of drawing that line in such a way that you don't necessarily owe that to the world, you know? Yeah, totally. No, I definitely feel that. I like that I'm just telling my story. I'm not coming out, you know, because I feel like a lot of people, when you come out, they like expect you to like be different all of a sudden, you know, when you're like, no, this has just been me all along, you know, and it definitely like normalizes it versus like, I don't know. I think that I feel like the U.S. women's national team, that's like, because there's so many different types of like, gay athletes like you have me who's like I'm gonna hold a rainbow flag and like shove it down your throat kind of you know like I'm gay <laughs> and like don't you forget it you know versus like you have I mean and you kind of have that in like Megan Rapino or like mm-hmm. uh you know and then I just remember last year at the World Cup like Kelly O'Hare after they won like she went over and like kissed her girlfriend or fiance like um kissed her and then everyone's like oh my god Kelly's gay like people don't even know that about her, right? So it's like yeah. there's so many different, and I love that because there's so many. It's so important for like this next generation to see, like, oh, okay, maybe I don't identify with someone like Nikki or Megan Rapino, but like, because I'm not really that outgoing, or I don't really want to be loud and proud about her, or whatever. And then you're like, oh my gosh, wait, okay, I could be like Kelly O'Hare, and it doesn't have to be this huge, like, I don't know, like a s- moment, moment, right, right. Well, and that's, you know, uh, I've talked a lot about this of like kind of how much, whether you owe it or not to be like, a, you know, a, a public figure as a successful runner. Um, but there is kind of, you know, that old cliche of like, oh, you don't have to come out as straight. It's like nobody, yeah. you know, nobody was ever like, you know, to like Aji Wilson was like, oh, are you like, are you heterosexual or not? Like, you know, like, there, there are people... I was saying one thing we were talking about in our run was um, that no one asks about uh, straight runner sexualities at races or their relationships. You know, like that. Right. It would be seen as inappropriate to be like to just randomly ask, you know, a, a runner or frankly, really any athlete, like, "Oh, who are you dating? Like, what's your sex life like?" You know, but that's uh, implicit yeah. in sort of the conversation around. Right. sexual sexual and gender identity as soon as it becomes not you know quote unquote the norm it's like oh now everything's on the table we have to learn all about it yes exactly like even like what's your, even like the labels you know are you lesbian are you bi are you pan like it's like okay why like does why, it matter why does it matter the only person that like at the end of the day it's like the only person you need to have those conversations with is like the person you're in a relationship with right like yeah you you don't have to you don't owe that to anyone to explain what you want prefer you know you don't have to dive deep into your sexuality mm-hmm. like no I, it's just yeah and like for me in Doha I just remember like not only did I have to like prepare for like being at the world 
championships, I had to prepare for like, okay, I'm going to get asked all these questions. What's it like to be gay in a country where it's like illegal mm. to be gay? And you're always being asked the same questions and yeah. you know they're coming. And I have to prepare an answer and be like, oh, it's not that bad. Or, oh yeah, actually this happened to me. And then it's on me to mm-hmm. be, okay, how vulnerable do I want to be with my answer? You yeah. Know? And it's, it's... And if you know the questions are coming, you have the the answer you know is it won't be a firestorm and they give the other answer that you might think yeah. is a little bit more and you have to make that decision. Yes, yeah. And it's like, I just remember you asked, like, so are you going to, like, kiss your girlfriend or, like, hold her hand there? Are you going to, like, go back in the closet? Like, what's, you know, what what's your game plan? And I'm like, no way is Emma Coburn getting asked this or, right. or Audrey Wilson. Or, Please tell know, me like, a single female reporter didn't ask these questions. <laughs> no, it's like, okay, like, uh, here we go, you know, and it's just kind of, it kind of goes back to maybe, like, over sexualizing the lgbtq community you know just like okay what's your label what's this what's that it's just like okay that doesn't happen to straight people like yeah Mm -hmm. i wonder if it's like a lack of um edgy it's like education is the whole conversation like you have to educate upskill yourself but people not even knowing that there's different labels so asking inappropriate questions because they don't know they're inappropriate Yes. And obviously some people do know they're inappropriate and they're being inflammatory. Yes. But like, I feel like a lot of people just are like kind of ignorant. Oh, definitely. Well, and that's kind of, I think kind of one of the nice things about where we're at and, and, and going back to the, you know, the Quran Clement thing, like he, he came, he came out kind of quietly last year and like people didn't even notice. <laughs> like, yeah. So you would hope that there's a little bit of, you know, kind of the the overarching progress that we're making is that it's a little bit of a bigger tent and that that it being more normalized that there would be, you know, queer athletes kind of, you know, being out but being just kind of low-key athletes because that's the kind of person that they are would be more yeah. normalized. Which I was actually going to ask, and, and we can totally cut this if this is, like, not something you want to talk about, but, like, you 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 are somebody who is like very vocal about your life and and like your experience as an athlete as a woman athlete as a queer athlete like all that stuff and mm-hmm. there's the level of like you know where is the line between the public and the private and and i feel like you you had to address recently um you know going through a breakup and yeah. and sort of the the public side of what obviously is like a super personal and, and, you know, potentially sensitive or, or emotional or painful thing. Yeah. Like how, I, I guess, you know, not getting into the details of sort of like things you don't want to talk about, but I guess, how did, how do you think about that, you know, life event in the context of this is me, like, you know, me, Nikki, the person versus me, Nikki, the brand, like, how do you kind of balance that? No, it's a very hard thing to balance and I'm, I'm working through it right now. And I think I did go back and forth a lot about whether, whether I wanted to post that and, uh, you know, be open about that. But it's, it was like, it, it was definitely a huge like learning lesson for me. I feel like in the next relationship that I'm in, I don't want it to be as public, you know, because it's like, and it, it is hard because, because it is, um, you know, it's a queer relationship. It's, it's two women. So it's like, it did get a lot of attention and it's hard because I think it allowed people to be inspired or, you know, really, you know, like so many people were like, you two helped me come out or like helped me realize my sexuality or whatever. Or like, I look to you guys as like hope. And it's just, it is hard because once again, like, okay, do straight people deal with this? And, and it's like, I, I did make the decision, you know, to be so public and open about it. But I think I've learned that that's something that I need to keep private. And, uh, you know, it's, yeah, it was, it's definitely something I'm still working through and trying to see how I want to navigate that. But I mean, it, it is so hard because I feel like my whole brand is, you know, being authentic and open. And so it is hard to kind of like, okay, I think I have to close that door a bit just, just due to like my sanity, you know, <laughs> my mental health. <laughs> and, and the yeah. joke too of, I mean, I, I find myself doing this with anyone on social media. I look mm-hmm. at a picture and I make a judgment and anyone who says they don't judge like psychologically, like we all make a judgment every single time yeah. we look at something, it's mentally, you have to unjudge it to like really be better about it. But 
Like every time I look at a picture on social media, I do feel like I know that person a little bit better, but I don't know them. Like that was a carefully picked photo. That oh, was like yeah. what they decided to put up. Like you don't know. And especially with professional running, it's like people are constantly making judgment other other over, ugh, about other pro runners. Mm-hmm. So you don't know them. You don't know their yeah. friends. You don't know their family. You don't know anything. You just know what they decide to share with you. And you see what you want to see within people. Oh, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so... And I, and I do think, like, I, I actually really appreciated that you sort of pointed this out, but, like, there's social media, I think, gets a really bad rap sometimes where, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's seen as performative and it's seen as, you know, fake or, or if you're too much on it, you're too, you're like, you're too extra, you're too accessible. But there there's real value and, and not just for, for queer people, but you know, for anyone of like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, like seeing your relationship in a sort of public facing way, I know meant, you know, the world to so many, you know, young queer kids who, who look up to you. And that's not, a, you know, tooting your horn or, or you know, <laughs> like exaggerating or anything. That's, a, that's just a real fact. Like, you know, it's like, I, and I think we talked about this with, with Chris last time we were on the podcast, like, you know, you get these DMs from kids that are, that are like, totally will just, you know, make you cry where they're like, oh, this is, yeah, you know, inspiring to me or you're a role model of mine. And you're kind of like, oh my God, this is too much. But it, it is, I think, important to have, you know, to take, to have the the boundaries that are, that are healthy and, you know, valuable to you. And, and obviously you don't owe anyone anything, but it also, you know, it's valuable to also kind of like see the whole spectrum of it and say, this is, you know, this is the good, this is the bad, this is what everybody goes through, you know? Yeah, totally. David, it's like you've been in our house this past week with actually being here. (laughs) 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 Was this relevant to the... (laughs) Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we were just talking Uh, about how, um, exactly what you're saying, like you are, we were both talking about this, like running, yes, like who are you as a track and field athlete that has no races and like, what is that side of it? And I can only speak for myself, but I think Nikki would agree that it's really important to us to have something outside of just being good at running and like having something to like offer and value and share. And sometimes it's such an individual sport that you're like, what is the point of all this? But then you get one message of someone being like, I ran six miles this week because of you. And you're like, well, that's worth it to me. Yeah, definitely. And that's been something huge that's happened with the past like two months for me um, with this race. It's like so many people, this race that I'm putting on, it's like, yeah, half the people that are doing it are like, I'm a runner and I want to support you and support the Trevor Project. But then like the other half are just like, the LGBTQ community that it's like, well, all these pride events are getting canceled. Like I'll do this 5k who have never <laughs> ran before in their entire lives, you know? And it's amazing. And it's like, people are like, I've never ran further than two miles. And I just ran two and a half miles. And like, I wouldn't have done that. And it's just like, okay, wow. Like that's really cool to like kind of introduce running to people mm-hmm. and then vice versa, yeah. introduce runners to, Oh, this whole community, this is what this is. Like this mm-hmm. is, what, you know, so that's been really like thing. And I think that's a conversation too that, you know, not just on the personal level, but on the macro level. I think a lot of, you know, to paint with like far too broad a brush, but, you know, sort of like white people with a voice, you know, uh, generally speaking, like we've, we've had to have really look in the mirror about sort of like how, how can we positively use or not use you know our platforms to amplify some of these conversations around you know inequality and black lives matter and racism and all this stuff and and i think like that's kind of you know there is kind of those two minds and like i don't there's no right answer to it but it's like on one hand you want to be like i just want to sit back and say nothing because like no one should be listening to me as a white person like about like issues related to like race or racism but on the other hand you're like well i have this platform i should use it for something um (laughs) and and that's like i mean that's the kind of current 
contemporary example, but I think that that we we struggle with that all the time as as runners and and as people in in a social media world of like yeah, what, you when to run anymore. You have to have a POV of a lot of things. Yeah, when and how to speak up, and you. I'm not gonna like call anybody out, but it's like. There was definitely, a, you know, during kind of like the the quote unquote height of the George Floyd pro- protest, there was like, you know, a couple of professional runner types who would just post like the like went on a good long run this weekend, and you're oh like, what God. the fuck? Like, do you not know what's going on right now? Nothing was more jarring than seeing a running picture that week. I was like, whoa, okay, oh, read yeah. the room. <laughs> read the room. Yeah, yeah that was stressful. That was very yeah. But then it's hard too because you do know that someone is listening to you. Exactly what you're saying of okay, well maybe I don't have the largest platform, but there's at least someone looking to me and wanting to know my opinion. So it's the smallest of similarities when Taylor Swift refused to have like an opinion on politics for like so many years. Yes. Yeah. And then when she finally came out and said all the point of views and she was at a point in her life where she was willing to lose fans because right. like, she was confident enough. Right. Cause when she finally came out with her like way of thinking and way of life, a lot of people disagreed with her and like, Oh, just, you should just stick to music. Right. I don't really give a shit about your opinion. And you're like, wait, wait, you were just rat- ratting on me for not even having an opinion now. Now you don't want me to have one. I just have to play music. So I'm happy that athletes have a voice and I get kind of upset when people don't, use it when they do have larger platforms definitely i agree it's like mm-hmm. we're not at a point anymore where you can stay silent and and what there's no side the the thing that i struggle with the most is like there's no sides to this it's not like black lives matter is this oh you're a liberal it's like what i'm literally just saying that black people matter like yeah. I, I know, I, and all those false statistics that get tossed around, and I feel like the internet is so challenging to navigate because you're like, oh, you look at one chart, and you have to have another person explain to you, oh, this sample size was extremely wrong, they cherry-picked right, this, right, so right. I feel like I can't even look at the news right now to get information, get my best but research. That's, but that's where it's your responsibility to educate yourself. Totally. You know? Yeah. yeah and understand, I, okay, maybe this is just on this Republican, like, not Republican, conservative agenda that doesn't yeah. agree with it, and I need to figure out why. Right. Well, and I think that this is, ultimately, this is the answer, where it's like, there's, you know, there's not, you don't ha- you as an individual don't have to, and, and frankly can't, have all the right answers to what is the, you know, the, the most nuanced or the most correct opinion to have on any of these issues, but you have to be thoughtful about it. And I think like, I've struggled a lot with that on like, like even just like this podcast, like this podcast is intended to be s- stupid and silly and like, <laughs> you know, sh- shooting the shit to shoot the shit. But then it's like, all right, well, it's, part of me is like, oh, there's, you know, it's, it's disingenuous to not talk about it. And, and frankly, there's, there's a level to it where I'm like, you know, the what is it? This is supposed to be long run talk. Like, this is what we're talking about in our long runs right now. Like, yeah, it's relevant. This is happening. You know, it's like we're talking about you know queer issues. We're talking about Black Lives Matter. Like, this is, you know, just because it's sort of more serious content doesn't mean it's not something that people can't, you know, have opinions and, and thoughts on and and kind of be fun and silly, but also be kind of get to the nugget of, of something that's, you know, honest or real. And, and, and frankly, I would hope that like one of the takeaways from something like this is kind of the acknowledgement of like, we don't know, like we're just fucking morons, you know, getting through life as best we can, you know, and yeah, the, the, like a tiny bit more credit than calling yourself a moron. <laughs> yeah. No, but, it, but, but yeah, I think it's huge. I think there is a hesitance among public figures for lack of a better term but there's a hesitance among people to speak out for fear of getting it wrong or for fear of not having all the answers and and I think that there needs to be space to sort of say you know it's so you know you don't have to like every single professional runner doesn't have to be like Angela Davis or James Baldwin like you can be like I don't know every history of 
you know, inequality and, you know, oppression in the U.S., but I can be supportive in the way that I can be supportive, you know, and I can try. And I can be willing to learn and unlearn and educate mm-hmm. myself. Unlearn. And yeah, that's, and if I get it wrong and then someone calls me out on it, I can be like, oh my gosh, like, thank you for educating me, right? Yeah. Like, not like retreating and being like, well, okay, well, I tried, you know? Yeah. It's like, no, okay, this is a process of learning and unlearning and like totally. And I think growing. runners has are so perfectionate personalities yes. that they have a hard time with criticism mm-hmm. in general. So having it be an extra layer of like, oh, you have all these people who are perfectionists and they're getting something wrong. And maybe that's why they're so silent. It might be because yeah. there's like a, everything is like meticulous and right. thoughtful and planned and yeah. it's not in the plan. That this wasn't in the plan, Dana. 2020 was not in the plan. <laughs> I didn't plan for this. This doesn't fit with my 12 week training block. <laughs> But I mean, from the I have a workout tomorrow. <laughs> shoot, <laughs> shoot people. Oh my gosh. No, but I, I I really try my best to allow myself to be corrected, and I hope my biggest issue is like cancel culture. So it's if I said something wrong and incorrect, and then I did the research and work and learned and talked mm-hmm. to people and educate myself, I would hope that I'm held to that like understanding that I'm doing my best to learn and not that I didn't know something at the time, you know? So I think it works really, really quick right now. Like you did it, obviously like if you just something that's super racist, like, and you still believe it, like that's tough. But if you're just, you didn't know the right word, you didn't know the right pronoun, like Mm. and someone has to tell you, don't be just constantly leading that like defensiveness. It's okay. Right. Definitely. Well, and I, and I think that the intent matters. You know, like, yes. I think the word I actually, I kind of like tensed up when you said like cancel culture, because like that word has such, or that phrase has such like connotations to me of people who are, it, won't get into it now, but like it's been used recently. And I think in like a lot of inappropriate contexts. Totally. Like, My point of view on cancel culture is like people who are trying to actively make up for a mistake. And people not letting them grow from their mistake versus canceling something that's inappropriate and should not be happening. I think those are very different. And and I think that that's sort of what I like go back to where it's like, you know, nobody has ever been quote unquote canceled who has been truly sorry. (laughs) You you know what I mean? It's like you see all these people that like they did some bad shit and how you react to you know, people think of, people are like, oh, the internet is so unforgiving and you do one bad thing and like people will, you know, cancel you forever. But I actually think that I, I feel like that's not true at all. It's like how you react to being called out for something yeah. is actually incredibly relevant right. to how people react to you moving forward, you know? And and people who express a real regret and a willingness to do better, I think fare way better in the, the quote unquote cancel culture than people who just double down and like, uh jk rolling it <laughs> in yeah. terms of you it's know really being like you know with that tweet i unfollowed her on it's on twitter for she just kept twirling, tweeting children's art and then all these things were like jk rolling's canceled whatever and i was like wow a lot of people don't like these children's art <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's why people are mad Surely that's what this is. About. <laughs> no, well, I literally, I swear to God, I unfollowed her that day. She was just oh, posting annoying amazing. stuff, and I was like, "Wow, a lot of people feel really strong." You felt you, you felt something coming. You felt that it was off. No, I, I'm a little bit of a psychic, so mm, yes. <laughs> it's like I have a fifth sense. <laughs> it's already raining. I do, though. I do. Sometimes it just happens. Not very often, but when it does, I get like kind of those ominous feelings. This is so strange. <laughs> Wow, this is really this is quite the tangent. <laughs> quite the no, that's me. that's where I want to be. That's always where I want to be. If we can get from seriousness to to fifth sense, that's what I want to. <laughs> what should I? So the real question is, what's the what's the competition looking like for this Pride Five K? Like, should I should I try? Should I not even bother? You what know, do we think? Here's the thing, David. It's not really a race. It is a race. It's a celebration. It's more of a celebration. So yes, you can get out the door, run 13 flat, whatever you're going to do. I don't know. Are you going to Harvard Tempo loop it? 
I don't know. Well, that's the thing is I haven't decided. I, I have decided I'm like, I want to be wearing a really gay outfit. So like, I'll probably wear like a crop top or something. You know, but on? Yes. Maybe I will. That's been, yeah, that's been just the real like. Take a pride flag and just make it a cape. And then just like run really fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would work. Yeah. I don't have, we, I guess we ha- kind of have a pride flag. Um, right in front of the in awesome living room. public library. They you have don't have a pride flag. Are you even gay? <laughs> I know, right? Well, actually, the best part is we, we have a rainbow flag with a peace sign on it, and I did not even bring it into this house. It's technically Lewis's flag. Wow. <laughs> um, so go figure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's a, from the outsider's view, it seems like a really big celebration. You know, a lot of people doing their yeah. first 5K. Yeah, yeah, uh, very, very much. It's just basically like, yes, it is a race, and you go and run a 5K or walk. Um, and then upload it to Strava. We have a Golden Coast Strava, Strava page. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's just like all these people around the world on this one day, you know, the last Sunday of Pride Month, the Stone- and- Stonewall Bryant <laughs> anniversary, um, you know, coming together and like running for something bigger than just yourself. And like, you know, everyone that's running donated to the Trevor Project. And you know, to run, I'm going to run to celebrate all the lives that are here because of the Trevor Project. And like, that's, you know, every stride, no matter how fast or slow, like that's what I'll be thinking and running for. And so I think that's kind of the main goal, but yeah, hell yeah. Go out there and try to PR, try to do what you want to do. Like, or... I'm not going to PR. I'm not in PR shape, but I was just, uh, <laughs> actually our, our, our friend, Matt Young is my main, uh, my main threat you, for, yes. uh, competition competition so yeah he's a speedy boy (laughs) there's no prizes no there should be a prize for the fastest out gay oh there should be that's what i'm saying but uh what should it be should i just spend money no (laughs) no it should be a no i think i think it has to be like a a specifically gay prize like i think i should get like like cash I mean, I wouldn't say no, although, you know, we're not on the concert grind right now. She's a gay icon. <laughs> Why is yeah, Kesha the first gay prize I thought of? <laughs> uh, that's a pretty good one. She's she's one of those people that has always very much embraced uh, her role in the gay community, so good for her. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Um, we'll think about it. We'll, we'll brainstorm. Oh, right. Yeah. Fun yeah. fact, when, uh, when Kesha came to Cornell uh, and performed her uh, mom came out riding a giant inflatable penis during the concert. No way. Interesting. Yeah. That's uh, that's the Kesha energy that, that happens when you... Also, for weeks afterwards, because they they hold, like, if they have an indoor concert, they put it in our indoor track, and it's always super Whoa. annoying because we can't use the track while they're, like, setting up and everything. Um for weeks afterwards we would find like glitter on the bottom of our flats from the yeah. Kesha I love that so much <laughs> I have a question for both of you guys how have you previously celebrated pride I didn't go to a pride parade until last summer wow. um actually that's not true I marched in a pride parade in Boston pride when I was in college as like I was interning with a congressman and did it with his uh with his little pride float but i hadn't spectated a pride parade until last summer because i was always i was actually usually at portland track fest when when um, boston pride was happening yeah. um but that's kind of um i mean my boyfriend visited that last weekend does that count as like celebrating I'm, pride <laughs> totally. I, have to, I have another question on this tags on to this too we were very gay all weekend so <laughs> i don't know yeah same I didn't go to a pride parade until last year. And even then it's like, I had a workout in the morning and I was like super tired and like literally we missed the parade and we just like got to Hillcrest and it was like, okay, do you guys want to go to this like gay bar? Like it was very like low key. Low key. Yeah. So I actually really haven't had like a parade experience yet, but I would say this year, you know, it was June 1st. It was like, boom, like, Mm -hmm. okay, this is pride this year, you know, and we're going to, And, you know, I went to, like, three different marches. It's amazing. And, and like, it was, like, this feels right. This feels, like, how to celebrate Pride. Yeah. You know? <laughs> how do you guys feel about um, corporations kind of profiting from 
pride or I don't know if that's the right word or kind of capitalizing on the month. Um, I know Skittles, if you guys, for example, they came out with a product, they partnered with Glad and they took away the rainbow. So they have Skittle packages this month that are gray and all the Skittles have no colors because they often say that like everything is way too rainbow of all these companies trying to sell things. Mm. So their thing was like the only um, flag that we should represent this month should be like the pride flag versus like but the products we sell. Isn't that in itself capitalizing? 100%. <laughs> it's marketing sense. Yeah. It's the only reason I'm talking about it. But <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I actually think this goes back to like what I was saying about like intent. Yeah. Um, where like there's a lot of stuff where like, yeah, it's like, you know, you put out a collection with a rainbow on it to, like, you know, make a couple extra bucks during Pride Month because that's what you do. Like, I feel like for the, like, you know, kind of other biggest, like, example of this is, like, um, you know, during, like, Breast Cancer Awareness Month in October, like, everything is pink for a month. And you're like, okay, like, how much of this is you wanting to put out a pink product line and how much of this is, like, you caring about cancer? Um but I think money, right? Well, then, yes, yeah. Is so, it so? I think it, mm-hmm. it all comes back to like what is the intent? And, like, for example, like uh, a local brewery, uh, which Dana will know well, Lamplighter, they came out with like a pride beer. Which, first of all, I will say, like, pride beer, I'm like, I'm on board, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, they like, um named the beer after like an AIDS rights activist organization in the eighties. And they donated like the profits to like the specific organization. And it was like very purposeful in the way that they sort of like put out their, you know, quote unquote, like pride content. And I think that like, that's kind of, to me, it's like corporations, if they want to, they want to do good. Like I'm not going to get in the way of them, like doing something really good. It's just that like, yeah, it's like don't just put a ra- out a rainbow version of whatever the heck your existing product is. Like, yeah, put put your money where your mouth is in terms of like, oh, let's actually, you know, if you're gonna raise awareness, raise awareness about something specific. If you're gonna raise money, raise money for a good cause. You know, right, right. and that's yeah, that was like behind my whole race put on. It was like, okay, well, all of the proceeds are going to the Trevor Project, right? Like, we're we're not profiting off of this. You know, yeah. this is like. And, and, you know, originally, like, I wanted to, in June this year, had everything, had COVID not happened, like, I was going to, my plan was to give all my prize money to the Trevor Project, all my prize money that I earned in June Ooh, to the Trevor Project. And that would have been cool. And then when that, that got canceled, I was like, that okay, something. another way, like, what are we doing? <laughs> you know? and so, so this has been a long time in the works. Yeah, definitely. And I've always wanted to put on a race, like, that's kind of, I think, what I want to do post-career um, slash during, you know, like Emma Coburn does it, Kyle Merber does it, you know, yeah, I would love to do it as well. And so this was kind of like, all right, well, here it is. And everything just hit pause. You can't race anymore. So like, yeah. here we go. <laughs> I have no idea that your race was just put on in a matter of months. Like it's right. so professionally yeah. well done. It's amazing. Oh gosh, I mean, it's just, I, oh, I, I got my training packet and everything. Like, <laughs> Well, it's not just me. It's like my group and Mac and Sam and Terrence and Jen and and a lot of people, you know, that that came together to put this together. And yeah, it's there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's been a really fun project. And hey, that's that's a good lesson in uh, being a good ally is uh, one of the best ways you can be a good ally is to actually work on something that the gay people in your life are telling you is important. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Um, I was going to ask you way less serious, but uh, a, a, a little bit of a, it, it could be serious or it could be silly. It's up to you. But uh, given that we like, I think both you and I have answered like a lot of questions about like being a gay runner. Like, what is it like? Is yeah. there anything where you're like, either like a thing that you've never talked about or a thing that you're like, I can't believe we don't talk about this. Like a question that you like had always been dying to be asked. Like what are, what do people not know about, like being gay or being a gay runner specifically that you're like I can't believe no one's ever asked me this before (laughs) why is that (laughs) um that's interesting I don't know but why why is the first thing that's coming to mind like (laughs) I can't even say this (laughs) oh yeah go put it out 
Well, no, we'll give we'll give you a second. Okay, you gotta give her some time. We're, to- we're forty eight minutes in, so no one will hear this except the diehards. So. Okay, I'm. This doesn't happen, but I'm surprised that no one has ever asked me like, oh, since you're gay and you're attracted to women, like, do you ever in a race like get turned on? <laughs> and my answer would be no because yeah. I'm like clearly focusing on other things yeah. but I'm like I guess I'm shook that no one's ever like asked me that interesting yeah, well, that's- the best <laughs> <laughs> that would be extremely inappropriate to ask, it but- would be yeah that is <laughs> oh my gosh I can't Why I, is it the- I've like <laughs> not in a race but I've gotten we couldn't wear spandex to our weight room because like the men's teams right. would get turned on. And I was like, as if, don't flatter yourself. I was like, like, come is on. Is that also a thing? My- at, at Dartmouth training, you weren't allowed to wear spandex to the weight room? No, we had to wear um, like loose fitting shorts. We were not allowed to wear like spandex shorts to the weight room. And then we stopped going to the weight room. Man. That's super fucked up. Can, um, we, can we also, yeah, can we also talk about this? Like, uh, I, I don't know why I feel so strongly about this, but, like, all the, like, high school, middle school, like, dress codes, like, either for running or not for running, but, like, whenever they're, like, oh, your skirts can't be, like, too short, I'm, like, that's the most messed up thing to tell, like, you know, like, a 13-year-old girl is, like, right. oh, you're dressed too slutty right now. Like, that's I crazy. I a funny story about that that kind of goes both ways. My I went to a public high school and we had a dress code, and it was kind of pretty classic like you can't have a skirt above your fingertips like things like right. that but it was also you can have bare shoulders showing and we did have a toga day and a couple of guys wore didn't wear shirts under their togas and they did have to put shirts on so it was like decently okay. oh perfect oh, good. <laughs> but I know that's not the norm <laughs> I think I think it's crazy that like um you know, like a lot of places, like people like they are boys minor. or girls won't be that. allowed to run shirtless um, yeah. like, te- like teams won't be allowed to like run without shirts on. And I'm just like, if you ever had to run in a full t-shirt when it's like 90 degrees out, like, yeah, why, I why would you do that? With that one? Like, I don't like the inequality, like boys can run without a shirt and girls can't, but I do think there are minors. And oftentimes like if you're running off high school campus and you're a minor and you're running alone, right. it's like, it's decently unsafe. So yeah, that's, and that's a societal issue that it's unsafe to run with the sports bra. But the amount of times I get catcalled on a daily basis and I'm yeah. 26, like I wouldn't want my 16 year old self version of that getting that. So I don't know. It's unfortunate, but that's right. what's happening. Yeah. I was going to say like, it, it's funny that you say that Nikki, because the thing that came to mind when I like came up with this question was like kind of in that same vein where like there's, there's so much talk of like what female runners are like hot and like maybe I'm thinking of like the let's run message boards or whatever but like you know people will be like you know oh she like just she's only like you know a successful runner because she's hot or whatever like or they'll be like oh someone so is like hotter than so and so like and I'm like we need more discussion of like what male runners are hot or not I think we need an We need, we need equitable uh, objectification. Of, yes. of <laughs> if we're going to objectify, let's do both genders. <laughs> let's yeah. talk about which guys only have a contract because they're hot. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> or we could just do neither. Let's do neither. I would appreciate that. <laughs> we could do neither. Either way, whatever works for you guys. Or, or just men. I'd be fine with that inequity, too. <laughs> just, um, yeah. <laughs> That's what gets me too is whenever a woman like complains, like, so I put up a, a running TikTok, which about, I was ranting about how a guy passed me and two other women I was running with and then slowed down in front of us and got in our way. And then we passed him again and then he passed us again and slowed down and got in our way. So clearly like he was just trying to like run faster than us and was like getting frustrated that we were there and mm. just like very overtly like, being in our space so I posted this little ranty TikTok about it and all the women are like, yes, queen, like say it louder. You drop to this crown. And all the men are like, he obviously was doing a fart lick. Like you were in the way of his interval. Like oh my God. stop thinking so highly of yourself. Like you're oh not all God. that. And I was like, 
Okay, if we looked at the comment breakdown of like who's butthurt about this. <laughs> Spoke, uh, I I will say in defense of the uh, I guess specifically the Boston women's running community. Uh, literally, I ran with Brian Trader this morning. I thought you were about and... to defend the guy. I was like, I don't know where you're going like, of here. Course you are. <laughs> oh no. I was just gonna say I ran with Brian this morning and he was like Brian who is also a professional runner was like oh my god I'm so glad I can run with you because we run slower than when I run with Helen anyone who thinks that they are the shit because they run faster than a female runner out there is insane because I know a lot of female runners who do their easy runs routinely faster than I do yeah, we remember when like getting chicked was the thing. I didn't like that either. Chicked? You ever heard that? that? It's like that when you derogatory. Oh yeah, when you get passed by a girl. It's like if you get beat by a girl in like a road race. Which also you're like, if you're worried about getting chicked, like you're not good anyways. No offense, but like <laughs> the tea is boiling. The tea is boiling. <laughs> we did have a for a while. We did have an apartment rivalry with uh Molly Huddle. <laughs> she didn't know about it, but uh there was like. Uh, a couple of years ago, like there was a couple yes. races in a row where like someone who lived in my apartment would race Molly Huddle in a road race, and what she was that? like fifty fifty, oh um, beating us. I had a rivalry she didn't know about. Jumping out, saying us and I. She's like, "How many years my senior?" It took me a long time to beat her <laughs> <laughs> in Falmouth Road Race, an icon. That's really funny. Yeah, she's a she's a tough cookie. That's for sure. All right, well, uh, we've finished every episode. As uh, both of you know, as prior guests, you're not off the hook for this one. You still have to answer uh, by asking the same three questions of all our guests. Um, and actually, the first one is kind of relevant to what we were just talking about. But uh, the first one is your Instagram crush. What are you feeling on the internet these days? Okay. Oh, wow. David, it's been a minute since I've been on your podcast. and I don't remember. It doesn't have to be a, a literal person crush. It can be, uh, you know, any sort of, uh, a great meme you saw or or a good uh you know a cute dog i thought dana was gonna be like it's been a minute since i've been on instagram oh yeah <laughs> i have way more tiktok because crushes we've been all over tiktok we were talking this morning we're like yeah sorry who's your tiktok crush dana yeah who's your tiktok crush that's a better one <laughs> all right i'm not gonna expose my true tiktok crush because i'm convinced they're not 18 <laughs> Uh-oh. They're also young. <laughs> oh, they're also young. Okay. They're children. Okay. But okay, my TikTok crush is actually this girl. Her TikTok name is at the real Tati, and she t- <laughs> there's this weird thing on TikTok where you do they call POVs, and it's like your point of view situation. And a lot of like younger guys will do them, and she does the other voice of the POV, and I see <laughs> myself laughing watching yeah. her every single time. And she's literally last week she had like. 100,000 followers. Now she has like 1.2 million. So Tati is blowing up. And then right, on Instagram, I'm gonna have to look her up. there's like an account called like shit you should know. And it just like for everything that's in the world going on, keeping me really updated and on my shit. Like if I don't know something, that's where I go to be like, okay, I need to learn more about this. So that's my go-to Instagram account to look at. Mm, good. Okay. I guess I'll do a TikTok one and an Instagram one. Wait, David, do you have TikTok? <laughs> Yeah, if you don't, I have one. I like don't use it. Um, oh, you should. Care I still don't understand. I feel too old. Okay, well, my TikTok crush is and crush is like the wrong word, but wash your pillowcases. She is so funny. Like I think her humor is hilarious, and she I like want to be her best friend. But and then as far as Instagram. Probably Skylar Baylor right now. He was the first trans NCAA men's athlete. And his content is just so quality, like, um, what's relevant and, like, calling people out on, like, you know, everything from, like, Black Lives Matter to, like, the LGBTQ to, like, trans issues. Like, it's just, it. I don't know. I love him. And I think he's so well-spoken. And I want to meet him as well. I want him and wash your pillowcases to be like my best friends yeah in the same room we just hang out (laughs) i love that oh do you i have one other tiktok one that i need to share (laughs) of course her name is on what's on v's face and she's a skincare um enthusiast so she's like that's her job that's not like the right term at all but she also is like super active about black lives matter and she's so funny and she's just been 
doing a ton of research on which products you shouldn't support Mm -hmm. in a really fun way of like, hey, maybe we need to not put our dollars here. So combining my interests. And she's hilarious. David? Um, I will say uh, this is, I guess, probably technically more of a Twitter crush than anything else. But uh, Lil Nas X is like consistently just so funny on Twitter. <laughs> uh, and uh, I guess it's themed for Pride Month or whatever, but uh, he he's just one of those, he's one of those follows where you're like, you'll never be disappointed by his content. He's just, he's incredibly funny. Um, he tweeted the other day, uh, anybody want to get married for 30 years, travel the world, start a family, and fall in love as a joke? LOL, just be joking the whole time. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. um that was uh i i very much support his his energy for sure um the next one speaking of music is your go-to karaoke song so somebody hands you the mic and it is your time to shine what are you belting out oh my god Uh, so unfair i feel like i want to say like a whitney houston you know what i'm gonna be I'm going to be real basic right now. And in honor of you, David, I'm going to go with Lizzo. That, that's, there's no wrong answer to this question. And that's definitely not a wrong answer to that question. I have never done Lizzo in karaoke. So it's actually. What song would you do? Yeah, which song? Soulmate. Uh, it's a good one. Dana and I have had long talks about the, uh, the uh, pitfalls of falling for Gemini. So uh, that sounds very relevant. Mm, yes. Wait, what's your zodiac sign? Mine? Yeah. I'm an Aries. Ooh. Fitting. That makes sense. I'm very uh, confrontational and uh, type A. So. I just wanted to know what type of energy I was working with here. What's your, yeah. what's your rising? What's your big, big fire sign energy over here. Um, I have no idea. I don't know what my whole <laughs> star chart is. Um, and then, okay, yeah, mine, I'll be basic. I feel like it's I want to dance with somebody. Houston. That's, that's a good answer too. Yeah. Yeah. No no wrong answers there. I was uh I've been really into um shitty country lately, as I always am in the summer. Um so there's a terrible country song called uh Knockin' Boots by Luke Bryan that I would yeah. definitely sing and everyone would hate it. Um so I I strongly uh don't recommend listening to that, but I will sing it in karaoke. <laughs> Um, I just love being that, <laughs> oh yeah and then last but not least you're going to the chair today is your last day on earth uh, what is your death row meal what are you eating okay I'm just going to say the first thing that came to my head which was the pop tart <laughs> <laughs> what flavor pop tart um, Zach was, is obsessed with pop tart so he's going to be so happy to hear this the smartest one that's his favorite flavor. So oh this is, uh, get along. there's a there's a brewery in uh, Kentucky that came out with a Pop Tart flavored line of beers. So that's like pretty much the best oh, wow. of both worlds for him. Wow. Um, I don't know why this came to me. <laughs> that's that's see, you got to go on instinct though. You got to just go with what feels right. Um, like a really good margarita. It's not food. It's not, oh yeah, it's sure. not food, but still, like that's I mean, that's yeah. the last taste I want. Like. Really, love. and then I'll probably like take that job. That's what I was thinking. I made, I made my um, strawberry margarita polar <laughs> recipe for. Uh... Sorry, you guys okay? <laughs> just says, go take the edge off, and, and it'll probably take the edge off. <laughs> like of you dying. I mean, yeah, you know, you don't want to be, uh, you don't want to have that last experience sober. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You go. You go. Okay, I was just gonna say I made my strawberry margaritas for our, our, our friend of the pod, James Randon's birthday, uh, a couple weeks ago. So um, I, I've been on a real gone out to like a bar in a million years. You know, yeah, like, when's the last time you went and had a bar? Couldn't tell. Well, you. Well, I make my. You just got to make them at home. No, but yeah, I, it's for me, it's a lot about the experience. I mean, because in my life, yeah. I'm not really getting that experience. <laughs> Dana, when, when you come back to Massachusetts, I'll make you a socially distant mark, um, and you will love it. Okay. 
All right. Uh, I, in that uh, June, June being the month of strawberries, I will also I'll say that my death row meal strawberry shortcake. Mm. That's uh, that's like my one of my favorite summer desserts. So that definitely going that. Always, always real whipped cream. That's the that's the kicker. Yes, homemade. That is something homemade. You can't get that at a restaurant. No. For sure. All right. Well, thank you guys for for doing this and and bearing with our early technical difficulties. It turned out uh real well. This is we covered a lot of serious topics. So yeah, I think this hopefully, one, uh, I think so. How surprising. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for. This will be a in. thinker. Really, really, uh, you know, spur some conversations, hopefully. I think people appreciate conversational podcasts versus interview. Mm, yes. Like, I, I know some pods, I mean, this is off the record now, but I know some pods, it's like, question, 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 question. Yeah, yeah. it's more of an interview. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, so, so in our first, first attempt at this episode, Dana asked me why I have a podcast. <laughs> yeah, man, didn't make and, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was, that, What'd you say? I was trying to spin it back on you. Yeah. No, uh, the, part of the reason, a, a big part, part of the reason was just the practical. It was this thing that Traxmas was doing when they had the, the pop, pop-up bakery. Um, yeah. But but part of a big part of the reason why I started this podcast is because I feel like a lot of running podcasts are very, um, well, how'd you start running? How did your last race go? What do you got coming up? What do you, you know, just very, uh, Timeline. Standard interview format, and, and I feel like you capture a lot more of uh, your your favorite runners' personalities um, by just kind of totally um, shooting the shit, for lack of a better term. Well, it's um, really so like the women's national team. I think like I didn't know who they were before the World Cup, and in a way, you learned so much about every player, what they liked, what they didn't like. They became like your friends, you know. Yeah, you just care about them and watching them at that parade. I was like, I want to party with them. I want to be with them. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I could hang out with them, you know. Well, yeah. All right. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's what we're going for for sure. Um, might get us in trouble sometimes, but uh, you know, I don't, I don't think we said anything bad this episode. Have so. you ever gotten in trouble from this podcast? Other, other than that, those people were super homophobic to you. Wait, what? Who? Oh. That was a whole other thing. Um, that's a whole story for other day. Um, the other Run Your Mouth podcast. It's like these all right guys. Um, but no, uh, we've had to cut stuff. We've had to like, there's been stuff that, and, and frankly, normally it's like. You could cut the beginning just, of this podcast. <laughs> it's, it's, it's usually just like stories that maybe uh, don't need to, don't need to see the, the public light of day um, that aren't necessarily bad stories that are necessarily uh yours to tell um but but yeah we've we've cut a couple things um but but usually it, we, we toe the line pretty pretty well i think between being uh covering some interesting topics without being too provocative or controversial yeah right cool all right well thanks again guys um have a good rest of your day since you guys you guys have two extra hours um thank you i'm gonna go do my double now yeah we gotta go double <laughs> Thanks for having us. It's been fun. Yeah. I'll talk to you guys soon. Good luck in the race this weekend. Oh, thank you. You too. I hope you win. <laughs> I hope so too. All right. Until oh, next time. Uh, this has been Run Your Mouth. Yeah, birds need bees and ice needs whiskey. Boys like me need girls like you to kiss me. Fishing in the dark needs nitty gritty.